Hello everybody and welcome to part 2 of episode 27 of the Aviation Spotters Podcast. My name is Colin Melzer and I am your host. Man, wasn't part 1 just fantastic? <laughs> you could tell he has a true passion for aviation and you're going to see that here for the remainder of part 2. So if you haven't already, please go back to listen to part 1 with Jillian to get where we're at. For those of you that have listened... So where we are right now, he just finished talking about his time at Naval Air Station Fallon, and before that was his love and uh, what he's kind of known for in his low-level photography. So now we're going to pick up to the normal ABSP questions of, well, what's your favorite airplane? What's your favorite place to spot at? That sort of stuff. So a little bit less time than part one, but you're still able to just get a feel of, how much of an aviation nerd and a true avi Julian is by the end of this episode. So anyway, guys, let's roll part two, and I'll catch you on the flip side, and we'll uh, have a little debrief, and I'll give you a hint for the next guest, because you know what? It's going to be awesome. Well, that's pretty cool, though. But uh, we had to touch on Fallon real quick because I know you did a lot of that that stuff, which is which is pretty cool. Yeah. So, but anyway, uh, let's kind of get get back on track here. Um, so we established your favorite commercial airport is LAX and uh, Nellis slash Fallon for your military stuff. What would your favorite aircraft to take a photo of? My favorite aircraft uh, to take a photo of. To take a photo of. Yeah. Am I going to have a separate question of just my favorite aircraft in general? Yes, we will. Okay. Um, so my favorite aircraft to take photo of is anything military. I Whether it's a prop, it could be a C-12 to anything to a B-52 or a F-18 or anything like that. It doesn't matter. As long as it's military, I'm, I'm all down for it. And, it, it, you know, the more exotic it gets, the better it is. What's funny is we actually have one of those uh, Beechcraft, the B-1900Ds come in from Accord last night in the I BOI. I saw that, yes, I wasn't and, jealous at all. It, well, it was a dark, I, so one of the photographers who followed on Instagram, she was doing some night spotting, she's, she's like, she posts on her story, she's like, oh, blah, blah, I'm like, uh, that's pretty damn rare. Yep, I saw that on radar, and I was just, I saw it kind of pointed at PDX, and I was just thinking, well, it's bound to make that northward turn to McCord any minute now, and surely and, it did, and all hope. Yeah. Oh, did it take off? Uh, I don't know if it's when it took off from Boise, or when it was just coming from that direction, oh, because well, after. you said it came in from McCord, I think I saw it on the inbound to McCord. Ah, damn it. All right, well, okay. I'll so much down there later on today. <laughs> anyway, um, okay, so how about this now? What is your favorite aircraft of all time? Favorite aircraft of all time? Um, for military, I would say it's the FA-18 Super Hornet F model, specifically. The family model, huh? Yeah, I don't know what it is. If it's just something with the looks, and I think our good friend Christopher McGreevy would agree with me on this that the F model just has something to it. I don't know why. 
And occasionally I'll have just little bouts of thinking, you know, maybe I like the Strike Eagle more or F or C model or something with you know, another plane. And then I'll come and see an F again and I'll think, nope, it's still my favorite. I still love it. Um, the only plane that really comes close to that, military-wise at least, is the B-1. And I haven't seen a B-1 flying with its wings swept back in 12 years. So I... And I still remember it vividly. It's just... It's the sexiest plane out there, I think. It's just so hard to you know, see one with the wings swept back. I, I don't think they're even allowed to do it anymore with the new requirements of preserving them to last till the B-21 gets around. But... I every time I see a Super Hornet, sorry, every time I see an F model, I just go back to loving that. Yeah, well, I know the the B ones don't fly low level anymore because I might have been trying to see and help one, help a friend of mine get one low. And I well, I talked to a, a friend up there at one of the bases, and I asked him kind of just trying to get some some leads, and he said, yeah, for preservation, we don't do low level trainings anymore. It's it's under, it's understandable. Yeah. Um. But it it just it just sucks because just imagine like my is imagine getting a bone low level and they light the cans. I I've often compared that to getting an F one seventeen low level. I've I've been presented with that question before and it's a tough one for me because you know the F one seventeen is awesome and all, but a B one with the wing swept back full burner. It's a whole different animal. It's imagine the echo in you know the mountains or somewhere from that going through I imagine the amount of blood you're going to lose when your eardrums burst from oh yeah i'm fine with that better better bring some extra bags of blood and know how to start an infusion because <laughs> you're gonna need it just imagine having you know the knowledge and info we have right now and putting that you know 10 years ago when these things were flying around low level just imagine that I still kick myself in the butt for, I mean, granted, I was, I was born in 90, 95, Phantoms of the went away in 96 and for the Idaho Guard, but imagine if the Phantoms flew the same the same area that I go to, getting the Idaho Phantoms in that area. Or some of the mountain home stuff. The old F-17, because the F-111s, they, they, that's what their bread and butter was, especially the EF-111s. Yeah. Um, they, actually, they, they actually have the kind of a t- little tidbit. Uh, on base, they have uh, serial number one EF one eleven on a stick out there. Did not know that. And and the B one out there is serial number three. Okay. There's oh yeah, we're talking about photos that my dad took. My dad took a photo of a mountain home B one MO tailcoat in Boise for an air show before the last one before Gowan Thunder. Very cool. It's like literally it's like it's, it's like B one MO on the tail, and I'm like, oh. <laughs> awesome um but uh quick story is my two of my coworkers were rafting and uh all of a sudden they heard a distant roar followed by a pressure blast followed by a deafening roar followed by them being flipped over on their raft from the pressure oh, wave looking up and then here comes the b1's wingman swept low on burner jeez yeah Oh, yeah. man. Yeah, I was... Now we're going into <laughs> real depression hours here. <sighs> yep. This has turned from a podcast to just a therapy session, I think. Well, we, be- we-, we better switch it up to your... Uh, what is your least favorite aircraft to take a photo of, then? You know, I 
I'm probably going to you know, not make you happy with this answer, but I don't really have one. I, If I had to say something GA, maybe, but I enjoy shooting GA, too. If it's coming yeah. down to that, I'll, I will shoot it, and I'll even shoot a, a hot air balloon. I've, I've shot some of those in the past. I, I really love anything that flies. I'll be out there yeah. taking pictures of birds sometimes. I, I really enjoy just any airplane, any aircraft, helicopters, anything like that. Yeah, no, I'm I'm the same way. I mean, well, well JDL said said it a really good way is every every aircraft has a, a photo opportunity, and there's no real bad thing to take a photo of. I mean, after leaving or after living, you know, granted, I I mean, I've been living next to a GA airport, and I love going shooting GA because I get to try new settings and try different things and all that. It's something uh, about the simplicity behind it that makes it appealing in my. You go back to your roots in a way. Exactly. Um, and plus if you have like, so like, I mean, granted like shooting a Cessna at like PDX or something like that's kind of difficult or Seattle, like Tacoma, I mean, BFI, but like, you know, bigger airports, like general aviation at bigger airports, like I'd rather shoot general aviation at BOI. Yeah. I mean, but like at Nampa or Caldwell, like even Troutdale, Hillsborough for Portland, for example. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a lot better. It's an airport that's meant. Here's here's a here's a good answer for your question. I I don't really like shooting anything with a boring livery. If that can maybe be a somewhat of an answer to your question, I, I not that I won't shoot it or not that I don't like it, but the same biz jets that come and go with the same boring bland white livery, I will tend to put less effort into catching those than you know if we have a biz jet with. A, really cool livery or uh southwest special paint scheme comes in like i literally went out of my way to go shoot freedom one a couple months ago i probably wouldn't go out of my way to shoot a regular southwest 737-800 so that kind of thought of that when you were telling me all about this sorry but uh that that, that would be i guess an answer everyone has their you know liveries aircraft whatever i mean I'm not a big fan of shooting CRJ 200s and then our CRJs in general. Then I realized we haven't got a CRJ in a while and I'm like, you know what? Mesa's sending in a CRJ. Let's go get a photo of it. Cool. This comes and goes, but there's no, no wrong answers, no right answers. It's just what, what people prefer. Um, so we probably already answered this question earlier, but what is your favorite uh, place to go take photos that's not at an airport or like an events or uh, other outside locations? So I guess my favorite event would be the Miramar Air Show um, and I'm probably going to take a lot of flack for this but I know it's backlit but it's something to do with just my upbringing Miramar was always the thing to look forward to when I was young it was always you know take a day off of school and you know go out drive down Friday Stay stay in the same hotel as the Blue Angels. I always will remember that. Um, and go to the Saturday, Sunday. And the Saturday show back then went literally from 8 a.m. In, in the morning all the way till 9 p.m. at night. There was that, that Saturday night night show. And that was always just the best day ever. Having the just 12, 13 hours of nonstop air show. Um, so I guess that would be my favorite event uh, from a photography standpoint, it's it's not the best, but I, I will still go back there just to relive those memories. 
Um, yeah. Obviously, it's Miramar, so kind of Top Gun nostalgia. Um, but other than that, low levels, that's the simple answer. And maybe Red Flag. Red Flag's a, always a consistent event that will kind of piss you off and make you feel good at the same time because you'll miss stuff and get good stuff. Yeah, I haven't been to an air show since actually like two years ago, the Aviation Nation, uh, COVID. And, you know, I just, air shows for me lately it just become like an ego fest, you know, big egos and it's kind of been like a pissing match of who can take the better shot of this angle of this aircraft. And, you know, it's just kind of, it's just kind of ruined it for me for a while. You know, I like going out there. I like posting up my chair, hanging out with some friends, making some connections and buying some swag and eating a really greasy hot dog that I'm going to regret later. Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely agree with you on that first point. Um, when you, when you really develop yourself into the hobby, you see certain stuff that you didn't see before. And I can definitely see your point with air shows uh, turning into kind of like a pissing contest and all that. Um, however, I had just recently attended the Davis Monthan air show, literally last weekend. Yeah. And it was my first real air show since COVID had started. I had gone to some hybrid shows and some drive-in shows and a, a show on the water. But this was my first one where I literally, it was exactly the way I remember it. And all pissing contests aside, I had a complete blast. It was, yeah, it was perfect. And I've gone back to my roots of coming in, you know, as soon as gates open and staying until the gates close and walking to every single static airplane and getting all the swag you can get. How much did you spend, by the way, if I may ask? Man, I, <laughs> Too much. It was, uh... I don't have an exact number, but uh, there's a you picture to, to. somewhere of all the swag laid out, and it's easily in the three, four hundreds range of this <laughs> swag. Shit. Yeah, I might have gone a little over the, the top. Well, hey, you know, we've all saved up. We've all had that, what, $60, $80 of swag money all built up for the past year or so we couldn't spend, so it added up, so there you go. I totally forgot to ask this question before, but what was your rarest aircraft you'd taken a photo of? So... People have asked me this before, and I often, I hit them back with this question. Uh, rarity depends on location, in my opinion. Uh, for instance, a Southwest 737 at Boise would not be rare, right? But a Southwest yeah. 737 at Nampa would be just a crazy event, wouldn't it? Uh, yeah, I mean, for example, if you're, this kind of to rebuttal is, uh, F, like an F-35 at Luke Air Force Base or Hill Air Force Base it's it's an F-35 that has Hill, it's based right on Hill butter. but when it showed up to Nampa for an air show, oh my god yep, it's a big deal, uh, exactly it was, it was honestly going on a tangent real quick Growing up at Nampa, like I got my license at Nampa. I took my first takeoff and landing at Nampa. Um, I live at the Nampa, pretty much near the Nampa airport. Um, I take, you know, I've grown up there, right? It's I've literally grown up at. I mean, I I claim BOI is my home airport, but I grew up at Nampa as a kid. And if I if you told me that as a kid the most advanced aircraft ever would be making an appearance for an air show here, I would say, ha ha, good one. And then it showed up. <laughs> but uh, anyway, so in addition to that show, I lost my mind. <laughs> I can imagine. 
That was so freaking cool. Well, apparently, you know, Bayo took off, and she just hit the supersonic corridor going through the uter in the Mountain Home Range Complex. Oh, perfect. <laughs> it was here in 20, 20 minutes. It really? That's how long it took? I'd expect it. Well, uh, yeah, well, I mean, it was it was a, it was the weekend, so she had some some little GA pilots to deal with. It, is, it is an F-35, too, so that's... It is. It's not a Raptor, but hey. It's not an A-10. Let's just put it that way. Ooh, <laughs> I don't think I, 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 I gotta put that in there, man. Come on, Idaho. I guess to answer your question, sorry for interrupting. Um, if, if I can just go off on a little side note here, that little trip to Star Wars Canyon in 2019, where I uh, I went to the canyon for the first time, and if you remember, I'd mentioned we had that powwow a couple weeks before where we talked about the F-117 going through Panamint, and we just in our wildest dreams imagined, you know, what if we saw an F-117? But we never actually kind of imagined that happening. So we had our day at the canyon. We left maybe an hour before sunset. There was nothing on the scanner. So uh, we were just, you know, time to go. We had that long drive back to Vegas because we were there for Red Flag. So we stopped for gas in a little town called Stovepipe Wells, which is pretty much in the heart of the National Park. It's in the valley to the east of Panamint Valley. And uh, we pulled over, stopped at the little you know gas station and little quick mart, whatever. Uh, and we were outside of the, the, the SUV, all five of us, and just shooting the shit, you know, just absolutely having a good time, talking about our day. And during the whole day, you're in a MOA, so you're hearing stuff up high rumbling. And by the end of the day, it's almost just second nature and you're not thinking about it. But I happen to look up. I heard a rumble. I look up and I see a black triangle. And I had probably the highest pitch scream I will ever, ever have in my life. And I screamed out F-117, which proceeded to everyone just going crazy because we didn't have our cameras out, right? We're in the middle of you know, California desert, not expecting jets, so we we go to the trunk, all of us fighting to grab the handle of the trunk, and finally gets open, and all of us scrambling to get our bags, which are all stacked on top of each other, I get my little bag, and I kind of almost toss it over everyone's head, and lay it down on the ground behind me, and by, by this time of day, it is already past sunset, it's like blue hour, almost, and um, the F-117 by that time is just about to go behind the mountain, and I have my settings completely off, and I snap away a couple shots, and before you know it, the F-117 disappears behind the mountain. And I look at my shots, they're complete trash. They're, but hey, I just caught a Nighthawk during the time when nobody was catching Nighthawks, right? This was like still during the time when we didn't know what they were doing. And uh, everyone's just happy and high-fiving, we're just all joyful, and... I, I, after that settles down, I tell them, hey, we're going to stay here another five minutes in case that thing comes back, because we all know what they were doing down in Panamint a, couple, or a few weeks ago, so, hey, maybe this one will come back too. Five minutes later, as soon as we're thinking about packing up again, I hear another rumble above us, and sure enough, it's another F-117. <laughs> this time we had our settings roughly dialed in, and... It's, you know, past sunset, so we get some okay shots, or at least most of us did. Some of us were uh, 
struggling to track it, honestly, uh, with their prime lenses. But I got a couple shots. Nothing to brag about, but it, it's an F-117, and that will always live with me. And probably the rarest catch I'll ever have. Maybe not now, For since now. everyone else has gotten them at Fresno, I guess, right? Uh, funny enough is, <laughs> so new job, I was going to go down there. Uh, like, day off, I pulled some strings, got some buddy passes again. Cool. Uh, flights are wide open. And it was looking like we were going to make it. Like, I was able to get there at least a rival, if not the party. Cool. Oh, crap, I have new hire turning. I have to do that day. Uh, oh, no. <laughs> and and I'm like, so I'm like, here's the thing, though. Like, I can't remember. Is, do I have to go to my job to do it or can I do it remotely? So I call my supervisor up that night. I'm like, hey, can I do this remotely, blah, blah, blah. He's like, dude, I, I don't know. So of course I sent an email to HR, HR's already gone. So I'm like, okay, so I'm like, you know what? Obviously it's gonna be career over this stuff because they're, they're back now, they're, they're established, okay? So, you know, I call, I get, so I email HR. So HR, so I'm like, okay, hey, Chris, I'm not gonna be able to go. Like, I mean, I, I like I, I because if I can't if I so if I can't do it remotely, and I fly out, I'm screwed, right? So you know I log on it's ten o'clock Mountain Time, nine o'clock there. I'm already getting the photos, right? So I'm already kind of in a really crappy mood. I have to. So I'm like, you know what? I get an email from HR. Oh, you can do it remotely. Mm. Oh man. <laughs> and I'm going like I could have used my mobile hotspot, Jeez. and I could have. Trust me, it was not a it was not a fun day. After all the and of course you know I worked the next day, so like, but I mean it, here's the thing though, that one seventeens they're back, they're established. Yeah, I mean I, I'm so hoping they do the same happening. thing <laughs> at another airport with F-15s that might be hmm. a couple miles away from me. Maybe, you know, yeah. Yeah. Any one of you guys at Tonopah listening? I'm <laughs> yeah, God, I got no Tonopah. If you're a Tonopah listener, please reach out to me. I have a couple questions oh, yeah. for you. It's not, it's not like SUV going outside my house right now. That's weird. Why is there? Why is there? Why is surveillance? Oh, man, that's weird. Yeah. Um, but so before we kind of go talking about spotting stories, you know, we with you being my first Portland guest, and Portland kind of being my third home to me in a way after Seattle. Let's let's talk about Portland spotting for a second, yeah. if we can. So why why PDX? What what makes PDX such a fantastic airport to spot at? So with since COVID happened, PDX hasn't been PDX. I will say that right off the bat. I will get yeah. that. Yeah. Let's talk about let's talk about like pre-COVID PDX and kind of like like and then like kind of like what is also there somewhat now. Yeah, so we get little glimpses of that every now and again, including today, which this Recording was delayed for slightly because a CP-140 Aurora popped in. But uh, PDX, uh, right off the bat, commercial-wise, not too much happening there. We get a couple Delta heavies, but that's not what you come to see. You come to see military mostly at PDX, which we have the Oregon Air National Guard, the 142nd Fighter Wing, uh, which has the 123rd Fighter Squadron, the Red Hawks, which have several F-15C models that are here and... A couple of them are on constant uh, alert for uh, Operation Noble Eagle, I believe, and they will go out occasionally and do practice scramble and go full burner and just completely shake the entire airport. Unless you, and that one day in 2018 or 2019 when 
the guy took off from Seattle when the when rock when rock launched out the real deal. I was up in Abbotsford that day, so I I've only seen one actual alert scramble, and I was at work, and I was about to board a Ameriflight uh, Brasilia, and I heard the roar coming. And I was brand new at work, so I didn't really have any authority to say, hey, I'm going to sit this one out and watch whatever plane's coming. No, they shoved me in that Brazilian. I just see out of the corner of my eye, it's it's past sunset, just the beautiful blue burner, and here come the F-15s. And at that time, I had no idea what happened. But that was the time when we had that mysterious, almost UFO sighting over southern Oregon, uh, a bunch of commercial aircraft were reporting it, and the alerts were actually scrambled out to go intercept it. However, they were kind of scrambled in the wrong direction. So that kind of makes me wonder what that thing might have been. But anyway, that's neither for me to discuss, nor this really episode to discuss. But that was that incident. Um, so as- aside from that, aside from the Red Hawks, we got, we got the Boeing aircraft uh, painting facility here. Which is able to house two heavies or four um, 737s at a time. And occasionally we'll get stuff from Seattle or even Charleston. Very rarely coming in uh, looking like a pickle and coming out with its livery. And uh, so that'll provide us with some good exotic uh, airline catches here. Which is why you might see some of those pictures. Um, But... We are also conveniently located, I I guess geographically, for aircraft to have fuel stops here. And occasionally we'll get stuff that I wouldn't, you know, just why is that here, I'll say. You know, like an LC-130 I've seen here. Or other stuff like, you know, CF-18s. Just the craziest stuff uh, that'll come in for fuel stops. And also stuff that wants to hit up the local low levels will come here and uh, take fuel, and I know Boise also plays a part in that, um, along with other airports in the region. So, but lately it's been a little bit lackluster in that department. I will say 2021 was a big increase in that activity from 2020. 2020 was just absolutely dismal uh, for that. So, and then you're going to have the F-15 EX coming online whenever that happens. Yeah. So we're. Last I heard was 2023, 2024-ish, uh, but I don't know. I'm not really too close in that whole project, so I don't know when the exact date it is. But I know we'll have a little bit of a heads up because Kingsley uh, Air National Guard Base down in Klamath Falls, Oregon, which is about a five-hour drive south, they will be getting the EXs a year before we will because they are the schoolhouse for the C model currently and they'll be the schoolhouse for the EX then. So once they're pretty much up and running, that's when I'll start expecting us to see the EX. Uh, whether we might see a visit from them beforehand, that it remains to be seen. I'm pretty sure that they will. I, I hope so. Well, actually, you know, it, well, what's funny is when Idaho was on the list for the F-35, we never got an F-35 visit, so... But I mean, you know, it's it's already established. Though. They're already coming. So. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. It's just it's just one of those things that usually, even some of the pilots in the squadron won't know. Like a couple years yeah. ago, we had a Saudi F fifteen from Boeing come come in and. Oh, I for, remember that. Yeah. Yeah, it just sat here for a week, didn't fly at all, and 
before you knew it, it was gone. Nobody caught it. <laughs> so, and I even asked some of the local pilots out of this, the Red Hawks here, and they were like, yeah, I don't know what it was doing here, and I don't know when it's leaving. And so it's, it's tough sometimes. Some of those things just remain a mystery, and that's a cool thing about the hobby. I, I like a little bit of mystery left in it. Yeah, me too. And then the other thing I love about Portland is just the scenery that you get spotting. So what what I love is you can get it right off the airplane if you fly in, and go right up to the parking garage, and you just stay on the parking garage the whole day. Yeah, and you got three of the Cascade, or sometimes even four of the Cascade volcanoes in really your view from the parking garage. Yeah, sometimes if the day's nice, you can see a little, but a little bit. You can see Helen's, Adams, Hood, and a little bit of Rainier every so often. I, I haven't seen Rainier, but I, I've seen uh, Jefferson to the. Oh, it's Jefferson. That's right. Yeah. It really has to be a clear day, but I've gotten in a couple backgrounds, uh, so it'll, it'll happen. Well, let's. Well, and also the approach into Portland. If you're on the Hood, the Hood Four. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> man. You gotta be that's, sitting on the you, left you side for that. But my God, you you can't. It's like that and that and the summer, the the summer approach in Seattle. You fly past Rainier and you fly past it. You you can't beat those approaches. You can't. But now I love. I used. To, I always love flying out to Portland and just spend the day on the parking garage, just getting that beautiful Columbia River backdrop, or um, getting the F fifteen scrambling in the morning if you're there during the summer. It's not too backlit, and you can get some. You get some really cool angles and all that. I definitely and take I really it for do. Granted. I definitely do. There's no way out. Of it. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's like I take the Boise for granted too, in a way. But you know, we don't have. I mean, we, yeah. I mean, granted, now I come out there. Well, that got the last time I was there. That's when Delta diverted an A three fifty. I think that's the first visit of an A three fifty. Yeah, remember that? That's that's the day because we you came and grabbed me and we went out to the dirt lot. The dirt yep. lot, and we got that uh, the like like right when Prime Air was just just getting seven thirties. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I got Delta diverted that day. And I left my hat. <laughs> That's right, yeah. Uh, I left my hat, yeah. Russell had to send that back That's to right. me. I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, I mean, you've told us a lot of stories, man. Um, God, everything from F-117s to Fallon to, to God, just everything. So if you have one more, feel free. If not, no big deal. We can start wrapping it up. It's up to you. Yeah, I have, I have one kind of long one and then one kind of short one if you don't mind. Sure. Yeah, yeah no, go. So the first one is, it, it revolves around the OC-135, which you had mentioned before, the Open Skies aircraft, which... Is- I, know, I know you're going with the story. I know you're going with this. No, say it. No, good dude, say it, because this is, this is freaking awesome. <laughs> yeah, so I, I posted this on my Instagram, so if you, if you already know this, then yeah, this is the OC-135 story. So I'd always had kind of a natural draw to some of the aircraft based at Offutt Air Force Base. It was very, uh, they're kind of reclusive. They don't really go anywhere that much. Uh, And when they do, it's most of the time like at night and stuff. But on the West Coast, very seldom do you see something Offutt related. So having, you know, having that dilemma, I'd always wanted to go to Offutt. But the opportunities just never came around and stuff and blah, blah, blah. So eventually I heard about Offit having to do a runway reconstruction. They're going to tear up the whole runway, and they're one and only runway, so that means they have to relocate their plane somewhere. And this project is going to take uh, one and a half or two years, I think. And 
It was announced that the aircraft were going to be moved to Lincoln, Nebraska. And Lincoln is about an hour drive away from Offutt, but unlike Offutt, it's not an actual base. It's, it's a commercial airport with the, you know, biz jets and stuff like that. However, it used to be a base. So they still have that kind of, you know, that ramp area, that, that big supporting ramp area where they can just line up their whole row of aircraft. But the area where the, the ramp is, you know, there's no base security. You can go right up to the fence. You can, you, you can look at it. And when I heard about this, I'd done all that research to look at it. And I'm looking on Street View. And I'm like, damn, you can, you can literally go right up to the fence where these planes are parked and have an E-4 in your face. And I thought, you know, this is too good to be true. Uh, but I'll, I'll think about it. Then, a few weeks later, they announced the OC-135 program had been shut down and the retirement was imminent. So, Lincoln combined with OC-135, I thought, okay, my one chance to really see this plane, almost guaranteed, I'm gonna, I'm gonna just pull the trigger. I hadn't taken a trip like this magnitude before, but, you know, why not do it now? So, I decided to book a trip to Omaha, fly out to Omaha, and then drive out to Lincoln. And I asked my girlfriend if she wanted to go, she was all for it. And it was awesome. It was our first really big airplane trip together. So we flew out to Omaha with a connection in Denver. We landed in Denver. And I checked uh, the ADSB app, which I've been checking for weeks before, just to see what the patterns were of, you know, planes take off landing. If there was any sort of rhythm I can gather before I actually visited. And sure enough, to my absolute amazement, the OC-135 was in the air. And it was not only in the air, it was pointed straight at Tucson, Arizona, and it was like in southern Colorado. And I just had the worst thoughts come to my, my head. I was like, oh, this thing's going straight to the boneyard. They didn't even announce the retirement. I, what are the odds? I'm literally a few hours away from Lincoln and this thing is just heading straight for the boneyard and I'm just completely screwed. So the entire flight from Denver to Omaha, I was pissed. I didn't really want to show it, but I was pissed. I was just thinking this trip already has bad luck infused with it. So we land in Omaha, we get our rental car and I'm looking on ADSB just because why not, right? Sure enough, this OC-135 went all the way down to northern Arizona and did a complete U-turn and went straight back to Lincoln and is now doing pattern work at Lincoln. And, yeah, I... Why? Why was my question. Why are you doing this to me? <laughs> I mean, it's good. I'm happy. The thing's back, right? But uh, why did you do that? Why did you go down and tease me like that to Arizona? It was almost like a dress rehearsal. They're like, wait a minute, we might need it real yeah, quick. Yeah, like, hey, Julian's in town, okay, we'll come back, right? Wait, the Russians have something new? Alright. So, we didn't have a chance to catch it that day, because we were, we were like about an hour, hour and a half away, it was, it was almost sunset. Uh, by the time we get to Lincoln, it's on the ground, it's shut down, and... It's here. At least I, I'm thinking, you know, hey, I got a ground shot of this thing. If I never see this thing flying, hey, it's it's a win. I got here and kind of got what I wanted. So the days go by at Lincoln. I got there on like a Monday and we're leaving on a Thursday or Friday. And we're seeing all sorts of cool stuff. 
RC-135s, you know, E4s, E3s, E6s, you name it. We're seeing all of it, but we're not seeing the OCs move. And uh, we even had an opportunity to go on the ramp and get a close look at this thing, and it was awesome. But the last day we're there, our flight out of Omaha was around 4 o'clock in the afternoon. And we kind of thought, okay, if, you know, if we budget our time correctly, we can stay at Lincoln till about noon. And, you know, noon is our go, no-go time. And if nothing's happening, we're going. Sure enough, 11-something hits, and boom, beacon light on the OC. And I'm just, you know, oh my god, this is happening, this is happening. Sure enough, engines start. Plane taxis out. Rolls down the runway. Get the departure shot. Boom. Trip is made. And we even have some spare time to go check out the, the SAC Museum on the way to Omaha. The Strategic Air Command Museum. Which, by the way, is fantastic. I highly recommend going there. Um, so we spend about an hour at the SAC Museum. Get some lunch. And... Um, we drive to the rental car return at Omaha. And just as we were about to get to the Omaha airport, I want to look at our inbound flight aircraft. So I look, and as soon as I pull it up, I see a heavy on approach to Omaha. And I'm thinking, okay, what's that? I look, it's the OC-135 again, and it's on approach <laughs> to Omaha. So I'm telling my girl, hey, you know, we need to forget about that right now. We'll just let's go. Let's go to the end of the runway. I didn't even do any research about Omaha Airport. I didn't think I'd be spotting there. So uh, we go to the, the end of the runway. There's a little ring road. And sure enough, there is a bunch of signs. No parking, no stopping at any time. And this thing's on about a five-mile final. And you can see it smoking from miles away. And nice. Yeah, so I'm like, you know what? We're from out of town. We're just going to play dumb a little bit, pull over, and just grab the shot real quick, right? And sure enough, this yeah. thing's on a three-mile, two-mile final. Here comes a, a police officer, a very nice police officer, and he says, uh, you cannot be here, I'm sorry. And I, I just said to the officer, I, you know, I, if you want us to move, we definitely will. I just want to explain, I'm from Portland, Oregon. I flew in just to see this plane right here, and I'd just really like it if I could just take a couple photos, and then we'll be on our way just and he said, by the time I make my way to my vehicle, I need you guys to it. I'm going to walk really slow. And sure enough, his walk was really slow. And by the time the plane landed, he kind of looked over his shoulder and saw that it touched down. And I looked over my shoulder, gave a good thumbs up, and we were on our way. No problems there. And I just, that was like the biggest coincidence of luck I think I've ever encountered. <sighs> That's awesome, man. That is awesome. Um... So yeah, that's that's my long story. Uh, the short story here is my last trip to Fallon. Um, last trip to Fallon, I had the day on the ramp I already talked about, or the day on the runway, and we had a day outside of spotting, which was successful. We, we got what we wanted, but uh, the buddies we were with uh, were moving on to another airport. I forgot where they were going the next day. So I had this extra day where I kind of didn't really have a place to go. I'd already seen all the local sites. I'd already been a tourist and all that. So we decided, hey, you know what? Let's drive out in the middle of the desert. Let's pick a random dirt road. And let's just, you know, watch these dogfights happening at 30,000 feet or whatever. And, hey, you never know. We might, we might see something. So we go out in the middle of the desert. Um, 
don't know, 50, 60 miles outside of the base. Uh, beautiful area. I love the desert. And we pick our spot. We have a little picnic and stuff like that. And uh, it's getting around 11 a.m. We've been hearing stuff above us all day. And no surprise, right? It's, it's an entire air wing above us, basically. But uh, I hear a guy on the scanner say, you know, clear elevator to the deck. I don't know what these terms are. I don't know what the elevator is. I'm thinking, so maybe he's coming down here. Okay, that's that's interesting. So I'm looking around, looking around, and 10 minutes goes by, nothing. And so I sit back, and we're tailgating, right? We didn't bring any chairs, so we're sitting in the trunk. And just messing around with the camera. I put the camera down. I put the phone down. I only have the scanner in my hand. And I sit back up again from the trunk and turn 180 degrees so I'm facing the trunk where my girlfriend's sitting and just beyond the car where this little rise is is a legacy hornet absolutely cooking less than a mile away from me at about 50 to 100 feet off the deck and the only thing I I was in no position to get my camera because this thing I, I did not hear it it was that close and I did not hear it so it was going it was pushing 500, 600 knots. It was in that zone where you don't hear the plane coming. So it's sailing down just across the dirt road, pointed right at me. And by the time I let out my third whoa, because that's all I could think of to say was whoa, whoa, whoa. And by the time I'm, that third whoa comes out, I'm pointing up at the, the, this thing and it's right over me. And it just, you know, cloud of dust. It's like that scene from the Top Gun Maverick. Uh, trailer. It's it's exactly like that. And this thing goes goes right over and I'm sure the pilot saw us and was laughing and just like, ha, buzz those suckers, right? And uh, I did not have my camera in my hand. Did not have my phone in my hand. I have absolutely no proof that this thing ever happened except my recollection and my girlfriend's uh, recollection. So, that is... That, that's my story, yeah, if, if you believe that or not. <laughs> that is, that, that's pretty cool, man. Man, that, that's just one of those things where, oh, that'd be so cool to see. It of those, you know, you talk to those people that have been in this hobby for a while, and they were in the days of the wild, wild west of aviation, where you look at those videos of, like, F4s, you know, buzzing lakes at, like, 50 feet, and you're thinking, man, I wish those days were still here. And I just had my little taste of those days and that little moment, and I have no proof. And, you know, it might have been for the good. Um, because stories like that maybe just need to be told by word of mouth. Yeah. And I, yeah. I'll continue to tell that story. And <laughs> it'll always live in my head, just my reaction of, whoa, 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 you know. <laughs> my girlfriend looking up and just seeing that thing. You know. Yeah, my dad, that's still, that's still pretty cool, man. But hey, you know, I've, I've had some of the same things where it's just like, oh, I got buzzed, I didn't have a camera on me, but, you know, it's just, it's your own memory, and you know what happened, because you were there. Yep. So, man, hey, let's start wrapping this up, dude. So, you have any words, uh, words of encouragement, or tips and tricks for the listener out there? Yeah, so we kind of, again, touched over it a little bit earlier, but uh, kind of in the famous words of, uh, I don't know if you guys know, uh, C.W. Lemoyne, <laughs> don't be a douche. I think those words, as simple as they are, go a really far away. Um, even if you don't really 
like someone in this hobby. You don't get along with them. There are ways to not really be with them without being a douche. And just don't be a douche to them. Don't be an idiot. Don't be out there, you know, climbing fences and stuff or ripping holes in fences or being somewhere you're not supposed to be, right? Um, and respect. So those all three really tie into each other. Uh, those are kind of just etiquette. Uh, one thing I will say, though, is don't let others dictate your work. Uh, we also kind of went over that. If you're happy with your results, there is no rule book in this hobby. There is no website or anything like that that says you must take the picture like that. Unless you're, you're trying to get your photos on airliners or something like that, which that's on their own terms. Don't let others try and influence how you, you, you work if you don't want it to work like that. If you're happy with how you are, keep doing it. Because the ultimate satisfaction of this hobby is you being happy with your own work. And I've, I've taken pictures that I thought were incredible. I've uploaded them to airliners or jet photos and have them completely rejected and say, oh, this photo is terrible for so-and-so and so-and-so reasons. And it kind of doesn't make you feel that great because you know you put your heart and soul in that effort in that in that photo and all that effort and all that stuff and it's it goes a long way to have yourself feel good about your work and it's it's my final point with that is it's not a competition like you were saying earlier the whole pissing contest at air shows can't stand it it's not a competition. It really isn't. It doesn't matter, you know, what you've caught or wherever. They're, they're great stories to tell, but it doesn't devalue anyone else's catch. It, 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 you're, you shoot for yourself. You always shoot for yourself. You never Absolutely. shoot for someone else. And you, you always, whatever makes you happy. Always at the end of the day. Yep. It's, it, unless you're doing this as a full-time job, where there are rules and certain ways you have to conduct yourself and all that. It is completely up to you how you do this. And and there are ways to go about it where you can be a complete douchebag. And it's it's tough because there are people out there like that in this hobby that are just completely just self-absorbed yeah, yeah. in their way and they com- just don't have any regard. But there are also the people out there who are willing to, you know, give you that extra hand, uh, extra, you know, extra batteries, extra memory cards, and stuff like that, right? Those, that stuff goes a long way, and those are your real friends. Yeah, those are the, and the dude, and those are the dude, and the, your real friends are the people are going to help you out. They're going to say, if you need help, here's help, here's a setting, here's your settings, you need a spot, come with me. Um, you know, I've, I've, held, I've had to get an extra battery from a friend of mine. I've had to get an extra battery or an extra card from one of my other friends. Unfortunately, I wasn't shooting CF yet, so but still the offer was made and the offer was there. And I can't, uh, I really can't, uh, can't thank them enough for just even offering that. But um, you're right, man. Well, uh, I will say this. Thank you for being, I know we had our differences over the years here and there. Um, but I just want to say thank you for just being a, a person that has helped me out and here and there when I come to Portland and other places and um, thanks for being a, a really good friend of mine over the past couple of years especially over through the COVID and all that but uh, thank you for agreeing to come on and thanks for just being a being a friend and my Uber driver once or twice in Portland <laughs> hey I, I I'm just expecting the same when I come over for uh, maybe an exercise or two next year at the Boise yeah well uh, once I get more information on that we'll uh, we'll definitely uh, have to hook up and I mean, I just come out here and I'll give, I'll give you a ride. It's depend. Obviously, it obviously depends on on the schedule. 
and what I can and can't do per se also. If you know what I mean by that, if you know my close friends will know what that what what that means. Um, but uh, yeah, absolutely, man. I owe you one. I know I, I know I owe Jordan one too. I actually owe Jordan quite a bit. Um, but uh, but yeah, no, uh, definitely. When you come out here, let me know, and we'll take care of you. So we take care of me out there, man. For sure, man. Cool, man. Well, got anyth- you got anything else to add before we uh, close this interview out? Enough. I'm sure your listeners are tired of hearing about me. But yeah, I doubt that. it. Well, anyway, Julian, uh, thanks again for coming on, man. Uh, means a lot, and I'm uh, really glad you were able to finally make this work out. But uh, before we actually close it out, completely forgot, dude. Um, where can people go find your work? Oh, yeah. Um, so my main gig right now is kind of Instagram. Uh, so you can find me at king underscore julian97. And yes, it's a play off the name from Madagascar, I know. Um, but yeah, that's where I post the majority of my consistent content. Um, that's more of my like highlight reel kind of stuff. If you're looking for more like stock images where I post just constantly of, you know, every almost every frame that I've edited and stuff like that, that can be found on my Flickr where that name is LAXSpotter97. Or you could look at my name. I think it's Julian L. Nasser. That's uh, uh, J-U-L-I-A-N-E-L-N-A-S-S-E-R. And uh, I am really backed up on Flickr, so I'm like kind of two years behind on things on <laughs> that. But trust me, lots of great content coming on that. Um, and then airliners and jet photos. I think I'm also LAX Spotter 97 on those two and also can find me by my name on those two as well. And kind of in the process of making a website, we'll we'll see. I'm kind of in debating about that, but yeah, that's where I'm at. Cool. I oh, man, I can almost I am so sorry. I definitely did not mean to forget to 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 uh, to give you for your work, but uh, cool. Well, guys, Go go give Julian some love. Uh, go see his photos. Uh, he is really an awesome photographer, an awesome person. And I'm I'm also sure if you need help with anything, you should do him a DM and he'll help you out. But uh, anyway, Julian, thanks again for coming on, man, on this Sunday. Uh, real, I know we had a delay a little. Actually, we delayed quite a bit for this, but uh, but uh, yeah, thank, you for, thank, thank you for yeah. yeah, but uh, no, but thank you for coming on, man. Um, it's a, it was it was definitely been a definitely been a fun interview thank you thank you for having me and this uh, this show is really awesome what you get to do with all these uh, all these uh, photographers and spotters and all that just highlighting them gives us our little you know five minutes or in my case an hour and 49 minutes of fame so that'll be about two hours once we're done with the intro and all that but hey whatever what you're doing it's awesome and um I'll have to uh, maybe shoot some suggestions of uh, people that need to be uh, featured absolutely man I appreciate your support man thanks thanks for all of it Absolutely, man. Thank you. All right, guys. <laughs> Was that worthy of a two-part episode or what? I mean, that Julian was just an absolute av geek, and he truly loves aviation. And he really does have that enthusiasm and really embodies a true aviation geek like many of us but man um 
I'm just speechless. You know, I can't thank Julian enough for coming on the show. We really did try to make this work a lot. And, uh, you know, thank you again for Julian for just being a supporter, a friend, and just a really good sport. So, but man, that was awesome, right? Definitely worthy of a two-part. But, um, well, let's talk about the future, right? Um, Real quick, I am going to start a Patreon, guys. So, uh, I don't know exactly what... I'm going to be offering return. I know my plan was there might be some parts of episodes I cut out. And in return, you know, for like a buck or two, just to help honestly cover the recorder and the feed. It's about $20 a month for that. Um, there's some stuff coming up that, you know, I got to pay out some bills. And a homeowner now got to pay some bills for another thing that you guys will be seeing very, very soon. Huge announcement for me. And, you know, just a couple bucks a month would help cover the cost of that. I'm not looking to make any profit through Patreon, so it just helps me out cover the cost of the uh, recorder in the RSS feed. But um, let's talk about this next episode, guys. It's also a longer episode, but I'm like, it's a couple days after Christmas when I'm going to air this. So let's just keep it all. Um, I'm not going to say who it is yet, so if you want to find out who it is, Go check out the Facebook page the Monday before um, I dropped the episode on the 29th. Um, the Aviation Spotters podcast Facebook page. You'll see it on Instagram, at BOI Spotter. Some hints on Twitter, at, at BOI Spotter. And uh, here's a little hint on who he is. If you guys have ever attended a Spot LAX event between 2013 and recently, he is the founder of one of the main sponsors. That's all I'm going to say, because my oh my, this interview is going to be a Christmas gift, and it is going to be awesome. This is one of my all-time favorite episodes I've recorded. But until then, guys, you guys know how to reach me. If you have any profile recommendations or any persons you who you would want to see come on the show, send me an email, askspotterspodcast at gmail.com. Send me a direct message on Instagram at BOI Spotter, Twitter at BOI Spotter. Go check out the Facebook page, guys. Like and share. I'll uh, be dropping stuff for Patreon soon and uh, some swag links soon, guys. It's coming. I promise it's coming. It's going to be awesome when it drops. But anyway, guys, you guys know how to reach me. Send me those profiles. Have a Merry Christmas. Uh, happy Holidays for whatever you guys celebrate out there. I really do wish the best for you and your families. So until then, guys, until uh, the last the penult- the last episode of the year on the 29th, until then, guys, get those batteries charged, those cameras ready, we'll catch another episode of the Aviation Spotters Podcast. <laughs>